Welcome to Brand Design Scoop, where I share practical, relatable tips on branding, design, and building a business for people-centric entrepreneurs. I'm Kelly, a brand strategist and Squarespace website designer and founder of AKS Design Studio. Today, I'm chatting with Ling Wong. Ling is a website and content strategist, a copywriter, and a ghost blogger. And I just have to mention this. The cover image on her LinkedIn profile reads, I'll write the damn thing for you. Isn't that awesome? Welcome, Ling. It's great to have you here. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So we're going to be focusing on search engine optimization, particularly as it relates to content creation. But first, would you tell us a little about exactly what you do for your clients? like all sorts of things that okay i make words for my clients um <laughs> like seriously like, i don't want words no. but um so i so i work with um so to put us more in a more simple way there are two types of clients more like you know the you know the, the company types like you know they need they have a content strategy they need you know they need articles written so there's long form content um a lot of white paper um a lot of b2b marketing stuff a lot of technology stuff, stuff like AI and cybersecurity and data, you know, data analytics and, you know, all sort of, you know, B2B technology stuff. Somehow I fell into that. But I also work because, I, you know, just like Kelly yourself, like we have a coaching background and I still have a lot of um, connections. And once in a while I get coaches and um, solo entrepreneurs and, you know, just solo business owners like approaching me, whether they're coaches or just just all sorts of service professionals in a, in a way mm -hmm. and i you know they, they will need something a little bit more comprehensive like a content strategy or you know some help with positioning um how to use mm -hmm. content to brand themselves or you know creating content for a website so you know i make words <laughs> awesome yeah it sounds like you do a little bit of everything yeah but that's the fun of that's it that's great yeah, oh, I'll bet. Yeah, benefit of working for yourself, huh? Mm -hmm. All right, so with search engine optimization, I think a lot of people think that doing SEO is simply a matter of setting it up, you know, like in the SEO settings in their website. But it's really much more than that, isn't it? You know, it's it's not a one and done thing. Well, absolutely not. And, you know, especially if you hear the, you know, the fire drill in the, in, 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 in the marketing sphere, right? Like every mm -hmm. couple of years, like Google is changing everything. Oh my God. <laughs> right. And, you know, right. and, you know, recently, not specifically to SEO, but the whole privacy thing and Google doing away with cookies mm. and all that fire drill. So it's definitely not one and done. And it's definitely like, I mean, other than like, you know, really keeping an eye out on what's going on, it's also a matter of like how you keep improving and are you monitoring the results to see like, are you actually targeting the right keywords or are people changing their search behavior to, mm -hmm. you know, like, are they looking for different keywords or what's the buzzword of the day that, you know, you can, you know, lack of a better word, hijack it in a way. So, mm -hmm. you know, the, and, and also like, you know, what, what are people talking about these days? What are people searching about these days? What's trending and what can you hop on, you know, sort of hop on the bandwagon in a way, um, mm -hmm. especially for long tail keywords. Um, and that is very important for say, 
you know, um, small business owners and solo entrepreneurs where you, you, you simply don't have the domain authority to compete with, you know, compete, you know, for like very competitive keywords, you know, for, um, you know, very established website. Right. So uh, you talked, you mentioned three things there. I definitely want you to touch on more. So mm -hmm. first, how about long-term keywords? Can you say what you mean by that? Yeah, long-tail keywords. So Yeah, long-tail keywords, sorry. So essentially, like, if you type weight loss, like, no, like, you're not going to get into, like, the first 20 page of Google, like, and, and uh, you know, just just because it's so competitive and you don't have the domain authority. Um, mm -hmm. I'm speaking about you know like smaller websites and you know smaller operation that you don't have you know ten grand, ten twenty grand to throw in content marketing a month, right? Mm -hmm. So, so what you can target is like you know people type in things that are much that, that are longer, right? For example. What is a good example for of long tail keyword? Like um, let, let's say e-commerce reads just just what pops into my mind. Of course, it could be the, like um, for example, e-commerce. You can the long tail keyword is like you know say the brand name, the model name of a shoe, and the shoe size, mm -hmm. and shoe color. So it gets really specific, and the and the benefits of targeting long tail keyword is that you're really catching people with a high purchase intent. So they're mm -hmm. really searching for a particular, a very specific product or service or solution rather than just like, oh, uh, weight loss, right? So. Right, right. Yeah, weight loss is very, is a weak keyword or you know keyword phrase to use because you're just going to get too much that comes up i used an example in my podcast last week of the the keyword podcasting mm -hmm. and when i googled it on the first page was how to start or well the very first thing was the definition of podcasting mm -hmm. everything after that was how to start a podcast which mm -hmm. you know is great that's probably what most people are looking for so a long tail keyword would be how to start a podcast or best practices for running a podcast uh things like that you need to get much more specific than just yes. podcasting or like you said e-commerce or weight mm -hmm. loss Exactly. And um, for, uh, you know, like, let's say if you're a service provider and you work with people locally, um, one mm. way to, you know, to leverage that is to, you know, add a specific um, location name. Mm. Yeah, I think a lot of people forget that when as service providers who want or who work online and want national um, clients. Yeah, and I added Pittsburgh to my site description mm -hmm. and my contact page, even though I work remotely and mm -hmm. take clients from across the country. I don't want to miss out on local clients, yeah, so absolutely. I put Pittsburgh in there. Yeah, and um, yeah. even like yeah, like you said, even I, I think all of us right, these days just work with clients, you know remotely unless you're a massage therapist or you know right. <laughs> really requires something hands-on but right. um, getting the local traffic is actually a great way for you know solo providers or you know small businesses and entrepreneurs to or solo service providers to capture the local traffic or like 
take advantage of local SEO because mm -hmm. you know you you basically you're making the pond much smaller so you can be mm. the bigger fish in the pond. And then mm. there's also the advantage of getting on the local pack in the Google search result. So mm. I don't know, you know, I'm sure everybody has this exper experience like you know you type in I don't know a massage therapist near me and then mm -hmm. A map on the on the top of the Google search result, and that is the local pack. So, yeah. so that is not even like, of course, if you create content that boosts the domain authority and it absolutely, you know, give you a legs up on you know getting onto the local pack if the local mm -hmm. local competition is high. But the first thing mm -hmm. is like, yeah, duh, of course you want to get that get on that, right? You know, it's just, and, and it's interesting, like that brings to a um, another point is that a lot of people say, hey, I want to get onto the first page of Google. <sighs> uh. <laughs> yeah, right. And um, so, and, and, I'm, and, and if they have a local presence, like I'm like, so have you figured out your local SEO rather than just saying like, you know, all these, you know, buzzy keyword, th you know, buzzy keyword thing, trying to, you know, like, pump out content to hit highly mm -hmm. competitive keyword um, mm -hmm. like blank because I, I think SEO really you know it's not just you know publishing keyword you know stuffed content it's not mm -hmm. just it's not just about one thing as you know when you create website it involves say you know how you format the content how you make people mm -hmm. to engage content can google really you know can google effectively read and index the content what is the load time mm -hmm. all of that affects your seo so and and then how you're keeping people on the page like if people click and then say okay you put a lot of money into driving traffic and you land they people land on your page and you know you're not offering any value then people click away and right. then google will be like no dwell time no bueno like you know yeah no, yeah so I think there's so many aspects of it that you really need to take a holistic view to say like, you know, what is, it, it's a little bit like, you know, that coachy thing when you that wheel of life thing, when mm -hmm. you have the spokes and you draw a wheel and it's like, oh, one cycle, right? And then the wheel is not going to roll. So right. it's almost like that. You really have to, you know, look through all the different aspects. And I'm mm -hmm. absolutely not counting, um, you know the the role of content because it's really important and you know creating and, and creating articles and long form content is a great way to increase dwell time it is a great way to hit a lot of long tail keyword that you may not be able to hit in you know the more general website things like the about page or the services page mm -hmm. for example and, and it can even help with local seo and you know one example for my client that i just he is a um personal trainer you know, he sent me an outline and said, hey, I want to write an article on why do you, you know, why do you need a personal trainer? So mm -hmm. I suggest there is an opportunity towards the end to say how to find a personal trainer in New York City. Mm. So that hits keyword, that hits key phrases, that hit, you know, and, and, and okay, digress just a little bit. The, the, that yeah. question thing is awesome because you can actually, like when you search for keywords, you know, you, you can see like, you know, the, the people also ask thing. Mm -hmm. Yes, the related searches. Yeah, yep. exactly. So you can, I actually have a client whose strategy is 
you like have a FAQ section in a blog post that actually, you know, you just put in that exact question. Mm. Wow. And, yeah, to capture that, um, you know, that search, that, that long tail um, search phrase. That's brilliant. Yeah. Wow. So let, let's so go back to this client. So I said, hey, how about we do a section on how to find a personal trainer in New York City? Great. So he sent me a little bit more material. And then what I did is that I position it so that we mention New York City and then we mentioned the particular area that he works in by using how he does things with client as an example. So mm. in the paragraph that in one paragraph, I would say your personal trainer should use should leverage the unique characteristic and amenity in the neighborhood to make the workout more engaging. For example, mm -hmm. I work I have been working with clients in lower Manhattan. Bingo keyword. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. for five years, we like to go to pier 25 on a good day when the weather is nice to bring our equipment <sighs> out there and we work out. And then we also loop in the keyword financial district and Tribeca by saying there are a lot of, um, buildings in Tribeca and financial district that has, that has a gym in the building. So you can just mm. go there, hang out and see the trainers in action and find one that you like. So. So nice. like, putting keywords for the, for the local SEO, as well as the more general question kind of thing. Mm. That's really great. So when uh, you mentioned earlier about trends, yeah. so how can people research trends? Google trends, <laughs> it Google everything. That's easy. <laughs> That's easy. But also if you work with clients all the time, you know what they're asking. That's Just, true. You know, if you pay attention, you that, that that's a treasure trove in those conversations. Also, like you know, breaking news, like just you know, go mm -hmm. look at the news for you know five minutes a day. If you should anyway, right? So, yeah, exactly. And know. then also that related search section of yeah, Google mm -hmm. is just yeah another treasure trove of yeah. of information. Mm -hmm. So you can Google your keyword ideas and yes. just look down there and see what else comes up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you also mentioned a few times domain authority and, yeah. and competing against them. Yeah. So I, I wanted to ask, and this is related to that. Most people are never going to make it to page one of, of the search results pages. So yeah. what, is a good ranking like you know what pages are are considered good but like i there's really no one size fits all answer to that you know the truth is you know most people don't go past the first page of google and and that's like the cold hot cold hard truth so mm -hmm. you know it's real and, and that's why i emphasize so much about you know local seo and long tail keyword because that give mm -hmm. it we're not, we're, you know, you cannot boost your domain authority overnight, but you mm -hmm. can make it a lot smaller. Mm -hmm. How long does it take well, to, I, I to boost your ranking? Even if you do everything right, you're going to have mm -hmm. to let the content strategy marinate for like six to nine months. Mm -hmm. And people just don't expect that or realize that. Yeah, and that's it's, the, you know, it's like, where is my listing? But 
just just on top of that, it's like one way to actually get your the the two things that just came to mind right now. One is a zero click thing, and the other one is actually using um, making branding and SEO work together. As in,、mm-hmm. if you raise your brand awareness in other places,、mm-hmm. then people will go to Google and actually search for your name or your business name. It is more likely to come up. Mm-hmm. That's true.、Yeah. So, so how can you do that so that they're actually searching for you and your business name? It, I, it's almost like it is your core Kelly because it's really about building brand awareness and yeah, you know, yeah. So, I mean, I say you know you have to share it in person. You、mm-hmm. have to post on social media. Yeah. If you can write guest blog posts on other people's websites,、uh, doing a podcast. You know, when I do my podcast, I mention my website and、mm-hmm. I give a link to it in the show notes,、uh, because there are people who are coming to this podcast through podcast streaming services and not from my website. Right. Yes.、Yeah, so so I mention it there. Yeah. All these are good way to you know raise your brand awareness and get people to actually enter your Your name or your business name, rather than just the general, say, product category or service category.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. And another thing is like you know the thing you know there's a you know and another big wave you know sort of monkey wrench that's thrown into the whole SEO thing is the zero click search results. So、mm-hmm. I don't know if you know you guys or like you realize that you actually doing that is that. Actually, over sixty percent of people don't have to click out to a third-party website anymore、mm. from a Google search result page.、Mm-hmm. So you have those instant answers and yeah, know, things like definition or. But one of the things that if you type in a business line, business name, you can、mm-hmm. actually claim submit a. I don't know the details of it, but you can actually submit. Sort of like your business name, the definition of it. Like it's, it's like the little answer box on the right hand side of the right of the search results page. So、mm-hmm. if people type in the company name, that shows up.、Mm-hmm. So if people type in your company name and you submit the information to Google, then that's、mm-hmm. another way to service your your company and your website. Right. So submitting it to Google Business is、mm-hmm. that what you mean? I, yeah. I, I I don't know about I don't know the details of it, but there's、mm-hmm. you know so many different like so, sort of the zero, the the zero click is, the local pack is also part of the zero click way、right? because、mm-hmm. people can actually see your business. Oh, they're just going to write down the address and go. They don't have to click、right. through your website.、Um, right. Another way is to、um, structure your con like combining a long tail kind of search phrase with well formatted answer. So. You、mm. can become the feature sn- snippet or for instant answer,、mm-hmm. and and that may not yield you the traffic because people see it and they're like, okay, got it.、Um, right. And, and ways to form it so that like you know you can pick curiosity so that people want to read on. So you have to offer、mm-hmm. value and then also drive people to come and you know get in dig in if they want to, but、mm-hmm. when. But that's a way to build trust and build brand awareness because they see your, you know, see your website、um, right. URL there. They they can see who what who is creating that content. So、mm-hmm. 
just gradually, you know, if you write diligently enough on all the things that your audience cares about, they will probably see you quite a few times on their search. And that builds yeah. your credibility and build your brand awareness. So and and there's the conversation about okay, so how do you track, you know, SEO effectiveness if Google is do, working so hard on keeping all the traffic on the Google property instead of sending it to a third-party site. There's no, I mean, the, the, there's really no like cut and dry answers. Like, how do you, how do, mm -hmm. you do it? But I think it's really like taking all these into account and just say like, you know, it, it is a more holistic approach to um, search engine marketing than just like, okay, stuff the keyword and get onto, you know, the top position. Right. And a lot of that, I think, you know, as you were mentioning, has to do with creating a lot of content that is free, informative and valuable. It, yeah. it can't be fluff. And you keep mentioning long form. It needs to be lengthy, not too late, you know, it can't be book length <laughs> or short story length, yeah. but it needs to be long enough to have real information in it absolutely. that your ideal client cares about. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and the formatting is actually critical because yeah. if, if people come to your website and they see a wall of text, like, mm. no, like click away, for example, yeah. Um, yeah. Google comes to your website, if it wants to you know, if it wants to understand what you're saying, if it wants, if it's looking for things like feature snippet, like bulleted list, right? And yeah. and sort of like, even if you're not talking about, you know, the actual value of the content, you're talking about the, is people interacting with it? Is people actually, you know, reading through it? It has to be inviting. Mm -hmm. And that's why um, the design of the website and the layout of the blog is also important. Yeah. Very true. Uh, it's it's good to have comments turned on because Google can tell mm. if people are interacting that way. Mm. You need to use headers properly, and I'm not referring to the the header where the navigation menu is, but the the text type mm. H1, yeah. H2, H3, H4. Yeah. Um, you should have on. I mentioned this in last week's podcast. You should have only one H1 header. That should be mm. the title. Right. Don't overdo the other headers, but it's okay to use them to identify different important sections. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the text in the paragraph should not be too small. <laughs> Nobody's going to stick around and squint to read your content. <laughs> and, um, and you could also incorporate keywords into the headers that will, you know, oh, yes. that would, that's an important one. And internal yep. linking. Oh, yes. One. So, it will just it, it it helps the search engine you know, sort of in a way make sense of you know how things come together and that's yeah. why a lot of and and that's a hubspot thing and that's why a lot of clients who has who have accumulated in, enough content right proceed mm -hmm. to try to make sense of the content and then create pillar pages mm. to link back out to you know all these different content that they have previously created to mm -hmm. number one, make sense out of it. Number two, also make sense for the visitors because, right. because you can actually like make people, number one, show your you know authority in the subject matter. And number two is like you keep people engaging with your content, stay on your site. And that's yeah. an important thing for SEO. So. Yeah, 
Very true. And one way to do that is when people arrive at your blog, you could have a a bar of featured posts Mm -hmm. that are some of your most popular posts or the ones with the most valuable information and and have that there to guide them where you want to go to next. You know, don't leave them just floating there wondering, okay, now what? (laughs) They might not even know what to search for. And then they leave. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And and another thing, you know, two little things, and I'm sure you have talked about it already, so I'm not going to dwell on it, is um, load time. Yes, do say I I have mentioned that, but please, yes, please say something about that. Well, I mean, people click away if your site doesn't load in like something like two point something seconds. Yes, two to three seconds. Yes, and, and it's even worse when it's mobile. Yes. So exactly. You know, like, yeah, load time and mobile, and make sure that you know your site is mobile. What's that mobile optimized? Responsive. Like responsive yep. because yep. a mobile first indexing from Google, you know, that did happen like it was already like old old news in the SEO world. But you know, if someone still, ha- I mean, I still see people with an older site that that you can see it just doesn't doesn't yes, it's like a the desktop version shows up on mobile and you have to flip your phone to the side to oh, see yeah. it like no no i'm i'm just not oh, you you've God. missed I'm out yeah. <laughs> and you have to like zoom in and then scroll no i just yeah. close it i and the, and i'm like okay i'll go look on my computer later but no i i don't yeah you know yeah. And, and and then also like all these things, right? Like you think about mobile and you think about the mobile layout, it's like, where's simple thing? Where's the damn button? Like you're not gonna yes. ask people to scroll forever to look for a button, they won't. Like that sort yeah. of thing. So, and, and especially with the Google um, mobile first indexing is actually not a nice to have anymore. Like if mm-hmm. you don't have a mobile responsive site, you're actually tanking your SEO. Very true. And there are, there are plenty of website platforms now who automatic or that automatically do that for you. So Squarespace yeah. is one of them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know that there are others. It's just I work in Squarespace, so I can speak yeah. to that. Yeah, but, I think most most of these SaaS platforms are mobile responsive. It's just yes. Just automatically do it. Yeah. Yeah. If you have a site coded from scratch for you, then the developer has to do that by hand. And and good ones will. So I know, I know. (laughs) (laughs) If you need a really complicated site or you're a big business, then obviously you're going to do that. But Yeah. yeah, it just, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> like you you have to custom code some you know specific application or i mean right. even the application there's so many like apis and plugins that you can just easy these days it's like back yeah. in the day when i have to like figure out my wordpress site I'm like, oh <laughs> oh i know my very first websites were wordpress and i bought premium templates and I, you know, there were still problems that I wanted to solve and and things I didn't love. So I would use developer mode in Safari and look at the code of other websites I admired. 
And then I would take parts that I liked and alter my HTML code. And so I taught myself some HTML code that way. Wow. And would, you know, like redo my premium template <laughs> to to improve it. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Oh my goodness. Okay. What else? We've talked about so much. Yeah. So um, one, I think one last thing, you know, when we chat the other day is like, okay, so people want to, people are like, okay, I want to talk about like, you know, how to, how to do something or, you know, strategy for doing something. This is a very popular topic to write about and, and that's great. But what I push people for, what I push my clients for when, if they're like, you you know, um, service profession, you know, um, basically really build their business on relationship and trust is that mm-hmm. don't, don't sound generic. That's another point about creating content. It's like, oh, I really want to sound like Mayo Clinic. I'm like, no, you don't. They already exist. They're already getting all the hits. Exactly. Yeah. So because one of the so like one of the big goal that you should have for your content marketing is to build relationship and build trust with your audience so that mm-hmm. you know like what 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 they read on the page should feel like you. So when they mm-hmm. talk to you, there should not be any, you know, like gap that they'll be like, oh, that's an, it's not the same person. And I, I think this is very important, not for SEO, but for the purpose of building relationship and for the purpose of really, you know, building your client base, building a fan base, whatever you call it, building the trust and making people want to work with you. It's really about, you know, making your voice come through in your content. No, you got nothing to do with that too, but, but I want to mention that because there's so many yeah. people who are like, oh, I want to sound like so authoritative and like so serious because I'm the professional. Like, I'm like, no, you're, at the end of the day, it is still a person selling something to a person. It is, a, mm-hmm. you know, it, it is on a personal level. They need to trust you to mm-hmm. proceed the conversation, to want to work with you. Because honestly, most people are not selling one of the kind services that you know right. people can get anyway. Right. You can always go to someone else that they feel like they they trust more, they resonate with more. And obviously you don't want to be the cheapest one on the block, right? So you don't right. want to be competing on price. So what do you compete on? Is is that trust factor? Is that yeah. you have your secret sauce. You want to communicate that you know your stuff, you have your secret sauce, and you have a unique approach that, you know that resonate with a specific audience so mm-hmm. I, I think that's just worth mentioning like you know don't Absolutely. just yeah don't just go about chasing seo chasing keywords and forget about your voice and forget about you know at the end of the day it is about connecting with people one benefit that you know as i work with my clients is that i always push them to say okay I push them to write the outline, not because I can't go to Google and find, you know, 10 articles on what they want to talk about, but I push mm-hmm. for it because, okay, what is your perspective? What is your secret sauce? And mm-hmm. if a client comes to you, what are you going to talk about that? Because a client could read, you know, an article that I write totally makes sense. Have, mm-hmm. you know, like five talking points. Good. Call up the trainer. He totally makes sense, but he says like four different things that is completely different from the from the article the client read online. So 
So that's like, okay, like, should I trust <laughs> you, right? Um, exactly. So that's why I always like, okay, you have to give me your unique perspective. I want to, you know, I want your voice to come through. And, and that also is an interesting because as you know, as you do marketing consulting, you know, the whole drills, like, you know, the ideal client. So, so you, you check the boxes, right? You have the ideal client, you know, the pain points, blah, blah, blah. So that guides you to say, okay, I'm going to write an article on this topic. On the other side is like what, you know, as a professional, mm -hmm. your process, your secret sauce. And then mm -hmm. there's like that weird little gap that you can't really figure out like, so how does the two come together? So sort of like during this process, it's actually an experience for my clients sometimes to, to connect the dots and say, this is my secret yeah. to answer the question like, oh, duh. Right. And, and so this is also like a good opportunity to really articulate every single part of your services and how it actually relates to what your ideal, ideal clients are talking about. That's great. Yeah. And the best way to understand that is, is by listening or outright asking them. So that, that what you were just talking about actually, I think is directly related to SEO because to me, SEO isn't just about attracting people to your website. It's about keeping them too. Because once they get there, you don't want them to just look or read just that one article. You want to keep them. And, yeah. and like you were just saying, it's not just a matter of having good content. It has to be content that sounds like you, that is totally aligned with your brand. Because when it comes down for to the clients making a decision to hire you, when you're a service provider, you know, if it's a product, that's a little bit different. But as a service provider, they will often make a decision based on personality. Mm -hmm. Because like yeah. you said, I am by far the only one making Squarespace websites. <laughs> they can find lots of people doing what I'm doing. And I'm not competing on price. You know, they're going to find lots of people with this at the same investment level that I am. So it's it's going to be personality a lot of times. Yes. And if I hide that, then they won't know. They won't know if we resonate or not. So yeah, I'm not going to pretend to be something I'm not. Absolutely. And especially for your line of work, like, you know, I, I think, you know, yes, you understand the client, you understand what they want. But at the end of the day, of course, your personality and your taste comes through in mm -hmm. everything that you do. So very true. Well, this is wonderful. Do you have any yeah. last tips for the listeners? No, I, I think I talked a lot already. Yeah. <laughs> Everything you said was just fabulous. This is really, really helpful. I really appreciate you being here today. Well, I'm glad. Just awesome. So next week, I'll be back with tips on best practices for running a podcast. Oh, my gosh. I think I mentioned that earlier, didn't I? <laughs> Forgetting it was going to be next week. So please check out my website at aksdesignstudio.com for more podcasts and blog posts about branding, design, and building a business, including videos that walk you through setting up SEO on Squarespace, creating a blog template, and more. You can email me at 
kelly at aksdesignstudio.com with any questions or comments. And I'll put a link to Ling's LinkedIn profile in the show notes. So see you next time on Brand Design Scoop.